Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to Girl on Fire podcast on the Believe Network, New York's number one podcast network for personal growth. This is your host, Kirsten Franklin, and on this week's show, we're talking with the Molly Peterman Esquire. She's an attorney here in New York. She is the CEO and founder of the prominent global conflict resolution firm, Breakthrough ADR. Breakthrough specializes in innovative and engaging ways to help individuals, companies, government agencies, and educational institutions prevent, manage, and resolve conflict in the workplace and beyond. As an attorney, mediator, and educator with over 15 years experience, the Mali saw a need to teach people how to listen, negotiate, and really resolve everyday situations. She's globally recognized as a conflict resolution expert and has been featured on things, places such as NBC, CBS, ABC, In Touch Weekly, Madame Noir, CEO World, New York Post. I mean, Damali, the list goes on. <laughs> so she also has her own podcast called Breakthrough Barriers with Damali. It's amazing. First of all, it's in over 50 countries and it's super popular on six continents. That's freaking awesome. Um, and when, when she's not out building a worldwide community of conflict resolvers, she devotes her free time to writing what she loves, improv, and finding ways to make her husband and two sons laugh. Welcome to Molly. Thank you so much, Kirsten. It's so wonderful to be here. Um, I appreciate that that welcome. And it's so nice to to be the guest and not the host for a change on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. So today we're going to kind of be talking about, you know, for, for business owners and even for just people in the household, right? Like the new normal. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff going on. It's going to be going on for quite some time in this country, we have a very large country <laughs> and it's not going to, it's not going to zip through in a second, like some other places, but you know, we are facing a new normal and there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Uh, certainly in the business world. Um, I know that we just had the CARES Act passed. There's a lot of chatter about what that is. And of course there's a lot of confusion as well as a lot of potential to be taken advantage of, um, hacked, et cetera. Um, what are those people called? Would they steal your stuff? Identity theft. <laughs> I'm like, what are those people called? Um, you know, so there's a lot going on there. So I definitely want to talk to you because you're definitely, uh, well situated to have this conversation about this new normal and what businesses should be doing. What should they be cautious of? Where should they be coming from? Um, so I'd love to start, you know, yeah, just asking you. Yeah, so many great questions. And I just want to say that it's, it's just definitely possible that you may hear my kids <laughs> in the background. This new normal includes uh, homeschooling. Join the club, sister. <laughs> and although I've, I've barricaded the door, I didn't sort of soundproof the room. So it's possible that you'll hear them in the background. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that we have to worry about, especially now, um, while everyone is sort of navigating the new normal, is that there's been an increase in sort of the, the cyber crimes, if you will. So the online hacking, I mean, even this week, I learned about people hacking right. Zoom accounts and taking over the Zoom presentations and doing a variety of different things. And that's because people who are well-intentioned are emailing or posting on their social media, their personal Zoom ID information. And so the takeaway here is use the password. So basically Zoom will, will uh, auto-populate 
a new password every time you have a meeting um, and a new ID. And so just use that instead of putting out your personal information because you want to make sure that you're still trying to secure your environment, even in a virtual meeting. Um, and so just things like that are happening. I think it's also important to just sort of think about the fact that more people are home, more people have, you know, they're doing things more remotely everywhere. Perhaps they weren't used to doing that. So give yourself a little bit of grace, yeah. right? Because maybe you're used to being in a social environment. Maybe you're used to doing everything on the computer at home. And what companies have to do is make sure that they can figure out a way to create that secure environment from everyone's individual home. So even if it's some type of system, um, maybe it's using a VPN, um, you know, maybe who, who knows, there's so many different ways you can do it. And we can provide some resources for some organizations that are, are doing that. I know there's one in particular called Stronger International um, that handles a lot of cybersecurity. It's a woman-owned yeah. company, which is exciting. <laughs> um, and so there are a lot of ways to do that. But I think the over the the point I want to make is that as we navigate this new normal, it's important to to still remember that there are bad actors out there. And in our kind of search for you know finding relief and assistance, you know you mentioned the CARES Act. Um, just being very careful about the the applications that are circulating out there. Um, I see a lot of them on a daily basis that people are sharing because everyone's trying to share information to help people. Um, and they range from, you know, being something that's from a reputable company to some, you know, brand new name that no one's heard of before. And they're asking for a lot of information. And I just want people to kind of, you know, be careful about providing their information um, making sure they know where it's going, et cetera. And you had mentioned something too, like the EIN numbers for people. It's almost like you should be protecting it like your social security number. Absolutely. I mean, the EIN number, the employer identification number, um, or if you are outside of the U.S., I think it's the TIN, the tax, I, tax identification number, is your company's social security number. And, you know, that is not public information. I know some companies might think, oh, it's public. Anyone can look me up. No, it, that's not actually how it works. In fact, if you lose your EIN number and you have to call the IRS, um, they will ask you a series of questions, um, security questions, including the last four digits of your social security number if you're calling from within the U.S. and you're an American, you have it, and you have a you, you have a, a social security number. They'll ask you that number, the last four digits, to make sure that you are the person that you say you are. And then they'll give you a couple of options as to how they're going to give you your EIN number. One is to mail it to you. That takes you know anywhere from a week or two. The other option is to fax it to you. And if you opt for faxing it, then they'll ask you more questions. Do is your fax machine in the same room that you're in? Does anyone else have access to your fax machine? And they'll wait on the line to make sure that you receive the fax. And so I say all this to say that a lot of these applications that I've seen and that clients have showed to me, uh, have showed me, uh, you know, to see whether or not they should apply for them are asking for a lot of personal information about your company. Um, sometimes information that that party is using to apply on your behalf. 
um, whether that's a good thing or not. And so just be careful about providing your EIN number. You want to make sure you know where it's going and that party that's asking for it is one, going to use it the way they're saying they're going to use it. And two, that they're going to protect that information because the last thing that anyone wants is for someone to take their information and, you know, sell it, you know, sell it to someone else, some bad actor, and that bad actor can use it um, to impersonate you as a business owner in your business and then get that effort, get, you know, apply for a loan or a grant and get that, get that money. You want to turn around and, and find then, out there's a million loans out there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. Exactly. So I have a lot of listeners that obviously own their own businesses and engaging contracts. And in addition to that, uh, really specifically, there's a large amount of them that are real estate investors. And so with an eye towards even just a simple purchase sale contract, um, you know, landlord, landlord, tenant contract, just contracts in general, because I know you and I are both licensed here in New York, but I just want to talk on a sort of national level, sort of broader sort of uh, basis. But what can we do? Because right now, a lot of people are coming from a place of freak out, fear, fear of the unknown. Uh, if you listen to all the pundits, obviously we're hitting a recession. What does that look like? Didn't we just come out of one, <laughs> you know, not too long ago <laughs> for old enough guys. Some of my listeners are not old enough um, to remember that pain, <laughs> but you know, there's a lot going on here. So what do you think that we can do or what would you suggest that we do instead of running around trying to cancel contracts or maybe we do that or what, what should we be thinking about here? Where should we be coming from? What should we be thinking about? Well, that's a great question, Kirsten. And I think the answer to that question is, you know, my favorite answer as a lawyer is it depends. No one has the exact same set of facts. And so there's no one size fits all solution. That being said, I think that, you know, the first thing that I would say is to for anyone who's listening to gather all your contracts and kind of know what they say. And maybe this isn't the time to be a do-it-yourself lawyer. Maybe it's the time that you want to, especially if we're talking about, you know, a lot of money and you can define what you think a lot of money is based on your circumstances. But I think now is a time that you want to, one, know what your exposure is, know what your contracts, know how many contracts you have. And people oftentimes think about the big ones. Like, you know, like you said, you have a lot of people that uh, are listeners who own their own businesses. And so for business owners, you're thinking about things like your commercial lease, you're thinking about your payroll. Those are the two biggest um, you know, recurring payments that people think about, but there are a lot of other things, you know, there might be some subscriptions that you have. There may be some organizations or associations that you're a member of. There may be your, you know, there may be something as small as, you know, you know, your, your Google, you know, recurring payments. So just thinking about different things like that. If you have Google suite. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.